Coming up on Unreasonable Odds, presented by DraftKings, Brendan Glasheen and Julian Edlow here with you to break down everything in Week 7 NFL, Week 8 college football, some spots that we have circled that we would like to discuss. Also, odds are with Johnny Avello, the director of the DraftKings Sportsbook. He talks to Julian about what went well for the people, what went well for the sportsbook last week, and what the public might be needing for this coming week and how the book fares based on what the people are on for this coming week in the world of football. All coming up on A Reasonable Odds, presented by DraftKings. Our second episode of Unreasonable Odds presented by DraftKings this week. We did our NBA preview a few days ago with JVT, Jonathan Von Tobel of VEASAN, and now we're diving into the NFL and college football world. Glash and Edlow with you. Uh, Julian has a discussion upcoming with Johnny Avello, our director of the DraftKings Sportsbook. Odds are coming up in a moment. Let's recap <clears throat> best bets. Samir's not here. He leaves on a Short heater, uh, winner in his last two picks, and he decides to parachute on out of here. How convenient. But uh, good week for you, Julian. Washington Commanders deliver. No, no, no. Huskies. Oh, yes, thank you. Washington, and then you also bet. What was the other side you picked? Dallas. Uh, Washington. I I did have Dallas uh, in the NFL segment. My best bets were Notre Dame and Washington, both on the college side of things. Thank you. Two and zero. Miss right art. Second straight week. Not a huge deal. Okay. All right. It's a new week. We yeah yeah. I guess you're right. We got to recap and discuss. I was on the Colts. uh, All the trends that lean towards the team in Jacksonville, coming off of the London spot, first time in NFL history, we had a scenario where a team played in London consecutive weeks, decides to not take the bye. And I think you're going to have an angle on Saints-Jags later in the show, but the fact the Jaguars are coming off two London games, they played the Colts, and now they're playing on a short week with a banged-up Trevor Lawrence, but Lawrence is going to start. We'll highlight that game later on. Really, for me, I I want to pick your brain. We can even, like, you know, it's it's the Thursday night game, so people – listening to this podcast, it might already have a result. So for the people that are listening early, like we can just do it now. It's not a long handicap. Saints money line for me tonight. Obviously recording here on Thursday. Uh, it's just, the, I, I liked the Colts. I bet the Colts. Now it's just the double London spot, home on a Sunday, come out flat, come back and win, then go on the road on a short week with a dinged up Trevor Lawrence, who's going to start against a really good Saints defense who's coming off a loss at Houston and has to come home and get a win. It's just, it's such a bad spot for for Jacksonville. And New Orleans should be hungry to come off a, a bad Texans loss where they couldn't score, come home and win. What's the one thing that the Saints have struggled with this year? Moving the ball through the air. Jacksonville ranks 31st in terms of passing yards allowed. If they can move it to guys like Olave and Michael Thomas through the air, I'm very confident they're going to play solid defense. Lawrence may be a little hampered by the knee. It just it it all adds up to to New Orleans for me. Yeah, it's a mild left knee sprain. Ed Warder of ESPN reporting that Lawrence will start pending a pregame workout. Another week for Camara Kam- uh, too out of the backfield as he works his way back. And Derek Carr looked better. I know they didn't win the game last week, the Saints, but I think Derek Carr looks better throwing the ball. Who knows how much they have to throw in this game too, considering the low total. Um, mm-hmm. Makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense why you like Saints. So for the rest of the audience that might be looking ahead to the weekend, uh, we'll dive into that. I just real quick before we move on, I know under you're going to talk about unders with Avello in the NFL. Defense seems to be making a return to the National Football League. Genuinely asking, I don't know what the hell to do with this college card this weekend because there's a lot of really intriguing games, but I, I think a lot of the lines make a lot of sense, and they're right. They're, they're right around the right numbers for these college football lines for week number eight. Yeah, I've really liked the last couple of cards a lot. I think this one's okay. I'll have, there's a few spots I like just as much as the last couple weeks. I'm I'm just betting fewer. I'll only have a few bets this week versus, you know, five, six, seven, the last couple weeks. This is going to be a three or four bet week. So smaller cards, some interesting games to watch. Every window has something exciting. We get Ohio State, Penn State at noon, which, come on, that should be a 730 kickoff, but it's at noon. Uh, 
Bama, Tennessee at 730. This Bama team, as I'm about to talk about with Johnny, when that eight and a half win total was on the board, I cannot believe I don't have Alabama over eight and a half from in season after that USF game. Uh, but they have a chance to go 11 and one and get into the SEC championship game and have a crack to beat Georgia to get in. Like, so that, that's a huge game. Um, and then at night, Pac-12 has always got a big game this week. It's Utah at USC. Uh, so, you know, we got something in every window that should entertain us. Okay. Very good. I know you'll dive into some of the angles, what the book needs, what the people are betting and how the book might react. That's coming up here. Let's go to sneak peek. The 49ers and Eagles just destroyed every teaser and parlay possible. Yeah, that was something from last week. And that's why the, 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 the Dallas Cowboys by beating the chargers who are certainly, uh, the Cowboys don't belong in the same sentence, but the Cowboys, they were very reactionary to how people are talking about them when you consider how much people gave the Eagles and the Niners a pass after their losses this week. Let's go to odds are Johnny Avello sits down with Jules. You heard the music. You know what it means. Time for odds are on the Unreasonable Odds podcast, bringing in the director of DraftKings Sportsbook, Johnny Avello. Johnny, how are we doing this week? Hi, Jules. I'm fine. Thank you. <laughs> well, betters are not fine because we'll dive right into it, obviously. NFL week six. <clears throat> I feel like the betters right now. I'm coughing all over the place. Niners and Eagles go down. Kind of shocking losses. Um, obviously, the Niners grew as favorites all week. Some other major public sides lose. Was this the best week of the season um, to be sitting behind the counter at DraftKings Sportsbook? Oh, yes. The 49ers got the day started. Uh, You know, no Deshaun Watson was announced. The line was driven up from two and a half to nine and a half. Actually, that thing reached 10 on Sunday morning. Uh, Then the Eagles in the afternoon slate. That number didn't move much, six and a half to seven, but the public piled on that game. Uh, And then the Bills on the isolated Sunday night game was actually the best game of the day. Uh, They won the game. Yeah, they won the game but didn't cover. So overall, the best Sunday of the year. All right, let's go to uh, the other side of that. Public has to have won um, some things. Obviously, we had that crazy ending in Vegas again. Not quite a Chandler Jones catching a lateral and running to the end zone. But the game's on two. It ends on four on a safety. How how was that for you guys? Did the public do all right fading the bats? Uh, yeah, that one was okay. Um, okay. I think a lot of a lot of people kind of laid off that one. The public liked the Bengals taking that number from two and a half to three against the Seahawks, and they also liked Miami, who was down fourteen zip to start the game, yeah. and then came back to cover the two TD spread. That game was pushed up from like was, 10 to 14. Was there a uh, lot of live uh, money there on Miami? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and they, in, in the early game, they liked the Ravens, that London game mm-hmm. against the Titans. That closed five and a half after opening up four and a half. So we were loaded up uh, certainly on the Ravens. How about looking into week seven? What are some of the sides uh, taking some some early money in the NFL? Well, the Bucks at home uh, – Taking on the Falcons, that was an early jump with the line moving from one and a half to two and a half. Uh, you spoke about the Raiders last week, but the Raiders this week are taking some money uh, with the game up to three. Tyson Bajan scheduled to start for the Bears. Um, I think that's probably the reason because these are two pretty bad football teams right here. This is probably a stay away game. Uh, the Bills were the biggest move. Now at nine after open up seven against the Patriots. I know the pa- Patriots in a rut, Jules, but the Bills are also having some issues, but doesn't seem to matter to, to just continue to play them here. Um, and the Ravens taking some early money at home. That's probably the best early game of the day versus the Lions. That game's up to three after opening up at two and a half. Well, the good thing for the Bills is that they're going to get out of a rut now because they get to play the Patriots. That's how this works. <laughs> um, and sharp, the Patriots, once again, like sharp money. They were taking sharp money, correct, at three? That's what the betting split suggested. I, at yes, some point, these people are just going to have to admit that they, they are wrong. But <clears throat> let's talk some totals because unders this season, 56, 
36 and one using the the DraftKings Sportsbook closing numbers. Are totals so far, have you noticed, or do you think in the future going to start being set lower? It seems like defense is making a little bit of a comeback in the NFL. And are you seeing more action than usual on these unders? Well, we weren't up to this point, but we are for the early betting this week. Of the 13 games this this Sunday yep. uh, and Monday, 11 have been bet under the opening number. Uh, only the Steelers at the Rams and the Dolphins at the Eagles have been bet over so far. So why? Uh, you know, I, when, I think when you analyze it, there's a lot of new young quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the game plan is now more to be conservative and cut down on the on the turnovers. So I think that's one of the reasons. There's probably some other reasons in there too. But uh, you know, are the defenses better? I don't think so. Um, and as far as adjustments are concerned, we're we're making them. We're keeping a very close eye on this. All right, uh, let's move over to the college side of things. Another very good, uh, entertaining Saturday of of college football. Let's start with the Washington-Oregon game. That was the game of the week, and it lands on three. Uh, What was the result there for you guys? It was a terrific handle, uh, one of the biggest bet games of the day. Yeah, But we we returned a good piece of the wagers back to the bettors. That thing just sat at three, and – Everybody, whoever betted on either side, just got a return of their wagers. Uh, you know, if you there weren't a, there was more Oregon money certainly on the money line than there was Washington State. So, but for the most part, just refunds. Washington, yeah, not Washington. Never, I'm sorry, same yes. thing. You never, you know, we know what you mean. You never want to be that. It's the game of the week. You're sitting there with the game of the week, and and you push. That's always a little disappointing. Yes, it um, is. Some other big rank games uh, last week. How how do we do handle wise and 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 payout wise in terms of Notre Dame just bashing USC physical on the on the uh, defensive line, forcing some turnovers from Caleb Williams, making him look like we've never seen him look so far. UNC won that game over Miami in a big game in the ACC, and then Oregon State at home uh, took down UCLA. Uh, yeah, you mentioned USC Notre Dame. That was the biggest bet game of the day. We did well on that with a stack of money on USC to win the game straight up. Uh, you don't get them as a dog too often. Nope. And, uh, you know, so, you know, they, they tried to take advantage of that. We lost on the Miami at NC State game. The line didn't move off the three, but they really did like the Tar Heels. And they also liked the over 56 uh, total in that one. Uh, UCLA at Oregon State ended up being a wash for us. Uh, they bet UCLA early in the week, and then they came back on Oregon State uh, on Saturday. So that one uh, was kind of juiced out. All right. What about the rest of that college football week seven card? Any other big uh, big winners for the public or anything good for you guys on the DK Sportsbook side of things? Well, for the public, Ohio State at Purdue. Once that number got down to 17, they were just all over it. I think opened up 20 and dropped, and when we got to 17, everybody laid it. Uh, public also did well with Tennessee at home playing A&M. We did well with the Pittsburgh upsetting Louisville, and then Alabama didn't cover in their contest. So they, they were two other good ones for us. All right, some more good ones in uh, week eight. Starting off early at noon. I don't know how it's a noon game on the East Coast. 9 a.m. for you guys in Vegas. Get get out of bed, grab a coffee, and boom, it's Ohio State, Penn State. Afternoon slate, we got the Tennessee-Bama one. A little bit of a revenge spot. Lost that game on the field goal at Rocky Top last year. Um, and then at night, Utah and uh, USC. How's the handle coming in? Who are betters taking in those three big games? You know, they, they always schedule these really big uh, I don't get games at nine in the morning. That's our time. 12 for you yeah. guys. That's not so bad. Uh, I wish they were later because they would even stimulate more handle, but the right. Penn state Ohio state game is shaping up to be a huge handle. We've been back and forth a few times between Ohio state four and Ohio state four and a half and Penn state at plus plus one seventy is also getting some play. Uh, can't say that they're loading up on any one side in the, in the Tennessee at Alabama contest yet. Balance action, number holding at nine. There is action on the total in that one, 47 and a half up to 49. 
Okay. Uh, USC is getting some love in that game versus Utah. That game opened four and a half, and now it's at seven. And I wouldn't expect to see Cam Rising. You know, some talk is Cam Rising going to show up. Uh, Cam Rising is going to, I think, try to redshirt. That's what they're looking at doing with him. Uh, but you. Utah's five and one without him, so it'll continue to use what's been working so far. Uh, but that's also going to be a heavily bet game. What other uh, heavily bet games do you expect in Week Eight, Johnny? Those were just some of the highlights that I mentioned right there. Yeah, uh, Clemson three and a half uh, up to four at Miami. That's they're taking action. Duke, uh, Duke's getting a pretty good push at Florida State. Uh, open that game fifteen and a half. Now down to fourteen. Maybe see even a low, lower than that. I think they're going to really like Duke in that contest. Six and zero Air Force is at Navy. Navy that was bet from nine and a half up to eleven, and then Oregon at home playing Washington State. Uh, that lines up to nineteen and a half from sixteen and a half. So let's go back to Washington for a second because that one obviously huge Heisman indications, not just. Uh, Penix winning the game, but beating Knicks, who at the time was third in line at plus 600. And then Caleb Williams at night throws all the interceptions and loses. So it made Michael Penix Jr. Uh, the odds on favorite. How's the handle? How's the high, uh, liability on the Heisman market looking for you guys right now? Yeah, Penix is taking money, certainly. He's a uh, favorite at minus 130. And there's a lot of footballs, Jules, still to be played. And so yeah. when I look at, you know, when we look at what we have up, there's some pretty good value on a few guys. You got JJ McCarthy's 10 to 1, Jordan Travis, Jalen Daniels, both at 12 to 1, Dylan Gabriel's 10 to 1, although I, I don't think he'll get there. Uh, and how about C Caleb Williams? That the best price you'll see by far on him, 20 to yeah. 1. Yeah, he had a bad week last week, but, you know, what happens if he rallies and has. Uh, you know, ends the season with really good, solid games. So, you know, is it worth taking a shot on him at 20 to one? All right. Georgia lost probably their best player in Brock Bowers. And we it's maybe for the season. Some reports indicate uh, maybe he'll try and come back for an SEC championship game, maybe for the college football playoff. We'll see. But he, he does have two national championships. He could easily just say, I'm going to back off here and get ready for the draft. We'll see how that ultimately works out but just uh in terms of the impact on the market i know michigan has now shifted to a favorite to win it all over georgia um is that pricing was that just moved because of the injury or are these things moving because of money coming in um not to mention what it does for for sec odds as well yeah a little of both uh you know the tick up to 290 uh, and now they're behind Michigan, who's the favorite at plus 270. Mm -hmm. You mentioned Bowers. I personally think he's a game changer. Uh, yeah. He'll make and, and he'll make an impact on whoever is lucky enough to get him in the draft. Uh, I've been my eyes been on this guy for a couple of years. I think tight ends can make a, a team. You know, if you're missing a piece and you need that one guy, the go-to guy, he's he's could be that guy for a team. Um, you know, he'll probably this, he'll, this year, I think he might return. Uh, you know, they're talking about him returning even quicker than I thought he could return after, yeah. after he has the ankle surgery. So we'll see. But, uh, yeah, you know, George is going to, their schedule has been soft for them all year long and, and they're probably going to be okay till they get to the SEC's championship game. That's what the interesting part I think of it is like the SEC championship game is maybe a little rushed. He probably could wait and play in the playoff. But if they wind up getting like an 11 and one Bama team that needs to win to get in and Bowers doesn't play, that becomes a pretty interesting storyline in the SEC to me. And this Bama team, by the way, that we talked about earlier in the year when I said, how's the eight and a half win prop going after that, um, that game they played in Florida, they looked awful. Missed bet of the year, Alabama over eight and a half wins. I don't know what I was thinking when that one was sitting there. Did it, did you guys wind up getting much on that? Yeah, we did. We took some money on that. Hey, that you don't see, hey you don't see that often, and you don't see Caleb no. Williams at twenty to one too often. So you know sometimes when things look uh, dismal, they may not be. It may be a good time to jump in. True, that, that's not a bad comp to the Caleb Williams uh, Heisman prop right there. Um, we're getting you out of here on NBA, Johnny. NBA tips off next week. 
What are some of the most popular uh, futures that betters are taking advantage of on DK Sportsbook, as well as we got plenty of games on the board, some of the most popular uh, sides so far? Yeah. Uh, well, the Celtics and Bucks are still leading the pack in the overall futures. Lakers and Warriors are seeing their share of action, as they do every single year. Now you talk about, you know, opening night, Lakers are getting five at the Nuggets. Uh, that total's been bet. That line hasn't moved at all, but that total's been bet over to 227, to, from 227 to 227 and a half. And then the late game that night, the Suns at the Warriors. Warriors are one. Uh, that total's also being bet over from 230 and a half to 232 and a half. We got some really cool props out there that they're taking advantage of, like things yeah. like Trey Young to average 27 points per game and the Hawks to win the Southeast division. You know, we have these kind of props up where you get a pretty nice plus if you can get both things to happen. So we're seeing some uh, trendy action on those. All right, there we go. NBA right around the corner and plenty of college football and NFL information here on Odds Are with Johnny Avello on the Unreasonable Odds podcast. Johnny, thanks as always for joining us this week. You are so welcome. Good stuff from Johnny Avello. We'll start college football, Jules, as we work our way through the card. Let's lead off with the game uh, that many will tune into in the noon window, Penn State, Ohio State. We're seeing Ohio State minus four and a half. It's up to five and a half. Public cash on the Nittany Lions. A lot of attention on the Buckeyes and the injuries in their backfield. Ryan Day just kind of staying away from it, saying all the right coach speak things to dance around this uh, this backfield concern for Ohio State. They've dominated the series, though. I don't know if we're going to get below four, four and a half. I don't think that's happening. Where do you see this game going, and do you have a side on it? No side. Um, Penn State's a popular public dog, but then when it got down, we saw that resistance, which generally means sharper, larger money. Um, I would lean, I think Ohio State probably wins the game. But I'm not I'm, I'm not going to bet it. What I did bet, I got in early on under 47 and a half. It moved quick. I had to put it out at under 47. It's now at, I think, 45 and a half, 46. And I'm still comfortable. 45 with at DraftKings now. 45. All right. So I, I'm comfortable with it down to 44, to be honest. Um, Penn State gave up the 15 in that opening game to West Virginia. Since then, nothing more than 13. A couple of shutouts. You go to Ohio State, season high, 17 to Maryland. Cup, uh, three games, I think, of single digits that they've allowed. And I think the best barometer is, or the best measuring stick is probably the Notre Dame-Ohio State game. 17 to 14, and if Ohio State doesn't have a very fortunate 95-yard touchdown drive, it's 14 to 10. So I, I see when this When there being, should have been an interception to end that game, may I add? Yeah. But anyway, that or a goal line stand, if Notre Dame wants to use all 11 men on the field instead of 10, like a lot of ways there could have been even fewer points uh, in that game. So all adds up to an under for me. Um, I'll go as low as 44 on it. Uh, I'll look at some first half under on it, maybe to add a little because they generally start slow. Uh, yep. This this game just has underwritten all over. I think that the defense is the best unit for both teams, and we're going to see them lean on that. Yeah, I think he could have got 23 and a half first half under. Now it's uh, up to plus 100 under 22 and a half points first half, Penn State, Ohio State. Yeah, I'm I'm good with anything, you know, 21 and a half or better. I'm, I'm good there, I think. I haven't put, I haven't played that one yet. The, the under for the game is what I'm on. I, I might add some small first half. Okay. All right. And yet, look, Ohio State has dominated the series. Penn State hasn't won in the shoe since 2011. And Ohio State's won six consecutive games in the series overall. Tennessee at Alabama in the 330 window. Milrow's playing a lot better at quarterback. It feels like Bama has turned a corner. They figured it out. You tease this off the top of the show about their win total. You're kicking yourself for not getting in on eight and a half over for Bama after that USF spot. Bama seems on track. 
You could have got seven and a half. It's up to nine. Bama minus nine against Tennessee. There's a revenge angle. I know you talked to Johnny about this, a revenge spot, how Tennessee beat them last year. Is it playable at minus nine, Alabama? It's playable. Um, Four, eight and a half. There's some eight and a halfs out there too. Yeah, I, I used them in a money line parlay with a game that we'll talk about later, but USC. Uh, so I, I think that that's a way that you can play them just to win the game. And Alabama's got a chance to go 11-1 and one and get a shot to get into the playoff uh, if they could upset Georgia in Atlanta, if they if they hold strong and, and win out. Still got LSU. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll see how it goes, but I, I like Alabama to win the game. So I used them in a money line parlay. If I play them, it's going to be laying first half points going back old school. One of my favorite bets for a two, three year period of time, Alabama first half. It's a little blown up. I think it's five and a half factors that in. But uh, they come out strong, just like they came out strong against Arkansas and then kind of let go of the rope a little bit late. That's always what they do. So if I bet anything else on this game, it'll be Alabama minus five and a half first half. That's just kind of their their calling card in this type of game. Yeah. I, and I'm not big on uh, I real quick, Tennessee offense with Joe Milton. Like, I don't think it's that good. And Alabama's defense has been good lately. So I, th- I think Tennessee – is going to struggle to to score. Yeah, I hear you. I think uh, for for me, I want to see Milroe keep stringing them together. I would. I'm going to stay away because um, oh man, Bama first half. You've, you, you're so right. You've been on that before. I mean, a couple of field goals early for uh, Arkansas in that game against Alabama last week, and then. Bama strung them together, and Milrow has some long, well-sustained drives, too. The touchdown to put him up eight, 10 plays, 83 yards. It feels they've turned a corner. They've turned a corner in their play calling, and Milrow just seems to be more and more comfortable. Um, so I think you're right. It's Bama or, or nothing uh, there. And you, if you got seven and a half early in the week, good on you. I want to touch quickly on a Washington State and Oregon, just because Oregon comes off the loss to Washington – Cam Ward is almost a three-touchdown underdog on the road. I, I know we're going to learn more about Washington State against a formidable opponent. That you've, you've had them in spots earlier this year, Washington State against Oregon State and DJ. Is Washington State at all a look, or is this am, am I being a square and, yeah, Oregon's just going to come out full steam ahead? Yeah, I don't know. They, I will admit they, they definitely caught my eye early. Um, and I've kind of held back from betting them. It's, it's Wazoo plus 20 or nothing. It's a lot of points. This is You're saying this is the same number as Colorado at Oregon. Who's better, Washington State or yeah. Colorado? Washington State by a wide margin in my mind. But the number was off on that game. It was a 42-6 uh, result or whatever. So Colorado should have been a much larger underdog. Um uh, yeah, I, Washington State's shown its true colors a little bit the past uh, couple weeks. Goes, loses to UCLA, and then gets smacked at home in a bounce-back spot by Arizona. Are they going to bounce back here, or is the season unraveling? Tough to ask them to bounce back at Oregon off a loss. So that's why I'm going to ultimately pass on this game, and we'll know after the game if Oregon State is just toast and they get smacked here. Or if they show a little fight and, you know, keep this a competitive game, then maybe there's a little something there. Yeah. You think UCLA's defense is pretty good. Well, yeah, dropping only six points against Arizona. Maybe it's an overreaction. Um, but again, just I'm I'm curious. Oregon, Oregon too, off of that loss to Washington, a game they could have very easily won. Um, I was just curious. I mean, you're not getting three touchdowns. You're getting just shy of three touchdowns in that spot. So it's a big week for Cam Ward too. Um, bigger spot, I think for Washington state, as far as what we need to find out about them, if they're going to be alive uh, mm-hmm. to make the PAC 12 slate compelling. Um, did you bet Missouri at all early in the week in South Carolina? South Carolina has given you fits uh, this year. Haven't yeah. You? I've been on the wrong side of them a lot. I was on the right side of them once against uh, Mississippi state. Uh, well, Missouri just got the big road win. South Carolina completely lets go of the rope against Florida, a game they should have won. 
at I think it's seven as we record at seven and a half. I would lean South Carolina. I'm ultimately not going to bet the game, but I would lean at seven and a half. I would lean South Carolina to keep the game competitive because I think they're good enough to to do that, and the spot is kind of good for them. But probably more passes on me for South Carolina now that I've gotten them wrong a couple of times. I had that Florida game circled from from preseason just because South Carolina was off the bye. They got smoked at the swamp last year and then it all aligned kind of a good spot for them on top of it, which made me really like it and it didn't work out. So they're the, I haven't had a good pulse for them. So probably means I should stay away. The pit Panthers. Here's our pit minute for Samir and Eamon, who is filling in for Samir producing our producers are all pit, uh, or pit brothers. Pittsburgh, their best win of the season against Louisville. Their first conference win. Wake has not won an ACC game. You can get Pittsburgh as a dog, plus one. There's some chatter that Wake is going to be going down the depth chart at quarterback. Setting up for Pitt, or are we going to overreact to how Pitt looked against the Cardinals last week? I bet Wake out of the gate. Pitt looked great, and now this is where they go on the road and and slow down playing against a wake team off off some bad losses but yeah the the qb situation might be worse than i initially anticipated for wake do i so i cashed out my ticket we have the cash out button it's at the same price i bet it i ultimately cashed it out a nice free way to hedge off your bet you don't have to eat the juice um but i'm not betting pit yet either this will be a sit and wait and see where we are on saturday and maybe bet it but probably just got to stay away from me at this point because i i i like wake but if they don't have their guys i i don't know if i can ultimately bet pit we'll just let samir and Eamon bet the crap out they of can bet and we'll pit. get a better price than wake Forest. that could work perfect there's there's another game in the 330 window that you wanted to hit on. Wisconsin visiting Illinois. Wisco, a short favorite on the road. I like this Wisconsin team. They've uh, when they put it together, they're pretty formidable, I think, in the in the Big Ten. You're willing to lay the two and a half on the road for the for the Badgers. I want 130 money line on the Badgers. This spot reminds me That's a lot right. of Thank two you. weeks ago when the only difference being Iowa was at home, but Iowa lost its starting quarterback. And then we got an extreme discount, minus 130 on the money line, uh, hosting Purdue. They won that game 20 to 14. Tanner Mordecai goes out for uh, Wisconsin last week, not going to play, getting a way shorter number here on Wisconsin than we would have against Illinois. Wisconsin loses last week to Iowa in a gross game in which they lose the quarterback. Now they have the whole week to prepare the backup to go in this game. And they're going against an Illinois team that stinks, but just upset Maryland last week. Huge upset. Their only other win besides Maryland this year is against FAU. They got smoked by Purdue. They've they've lost to all these, these Big Ten teams. Even though they're at home, I think Wisconsin's much better here. Just don't turn the ball over. They should be able to run. They should play defense. Uh, Wisconsin's much better than Illinois, and we're getting minus 130 money line here. I don't care if there's a little downgrade at quarterback. Just just don't make too many mistakes, and Badgers should win this game. What's the line if this game is played at Wisconsin? It's close to a touchdown, right? Yeah, seven, seven and a half, I guess. And if if you're telling me they have mm-hmm. the quarterback, now it's double digits. So, like, but we don't know what the drop off in quarterback really, really is yet. We'll we'll find out. Generally, with Wisconsin, it's not that much because they. Nobody fits in the Wisconsin system. It's just about running and playing defense. And they bring in these quarterbacks that are supposed to take the offense to a new level, and it doesn't. So, like, what is the quarterback even worth? You good if I go to the late window? Yeah. I don't have a ton this week overall. So let's go to the late window and then go to NFL. Okay, great. Three games I've got marked here to discuss. Duke getting two-plus touchdowns at Florida State. Duke is off a bye. They played, I think their last game was the Notre Dame game, that they lost, game-winning drive for Sam Hartman and company. I really like Riley Leonard, one of the better stories, I think. uh, No, Duke beat um, NC State. Yes. On Saturday. That was their last game. Thank you. 
So you're welcome. Riley Leonard has been a great surprise, I think, in the ACC. This opened 15 and a half. It's down to 14 and a half. Mike Norvell, the head coach at Florida State, we've talked about him and the you know great buzz around their program, but I don't know if he can coach all that well. His decision-making, use of timeouts, play calling can be a little questionable. And Florida State, while they are unblemished, have an unbeaten record, Jordan Travis remains banged up, hurt the hand last time out. Um, I I like Duke, and I know Johnny talked about this with you, that Duke's taking a lot of action. Am I silly to want to take the Blue Devils getting two-plus touchdowns at Florida State, or is there a reason why you should go to the other side and bet FSU? Uh, FSU maybe at under two touchdowns. You can't do it now at 14 and a half. I'm kind of with you, personal opinion. Like, I like Duke plus 14 and a half. I'm ultimately probably not going to bet it. Why is everyone betting Duke and it went 13 and a half to 14 and a half? That's generally a giveaway that it's not the right side. Um, We'll see. I, I like a lot of things about Duke. And I, I do hope FSU kind of loses somewhere along along the way because I would kind of like an ACC team not to get into the college football playoff, uh, open up more <laughs> windows for teams I like more. But Duke plus 14 and a half feels pretty good. They have a solid defense, a real solid defense. A um, little bit of a fishy line, so that's that's probably ultimately why I'm staying away from this one. I don't know. We'll see come, come Saturday night. Um, and we got another weird one on the uh, ACC card Saturday night. I'm staying away from both of them. I don't, I guess I just don't trust the ACC right now. I, I don't, I've had a good grasp on some of the games. I feel like this week's ACC games. I don't. Yeah. I think you're talking about Miami and Clemson. Miami yeah. is a home dog and I mean, I'm not even going to go down this road with Clemson. I know how you feel about them and how much they've irritated you. I can't. Miami's off two losses in a row. One of them they gave away to Georgia Tech. Then they go get beat by what I think is a better team in, in UNC. Um, they sucked in the second half. They were bad. I mean, they, yeah, I don't like Miami. Turn that game on in the second half. They had a lead in that game, a healthy lead. Miami at UNC. Yeah, I, I don't like Miami at all. I just can't trust Clemson. So I, these are two teams I don't bet. Um, so that, that probably means I shouldn't bet this game. Um, I don't know. You you could tell me either side wins in like a blowout, and I'd believe you. Right? I agree. I agree. I, so I that's don't think it's worth being... touching. I'm just no. It's worth touching. It's a big game. It's just that. I don't I don't know if there's many, you know, notable primetime games this season that I've had been more takeless about than than Clemson Miami. You do have a thought though, and this one's fascinating because of the spot for uh for USC. They get pasted by Notre Dame. They don't have a running game. The offensive line's not great. It's Caleb Williams. Everyone get out of the, it's it's very Josh Allen Bills like. Caleb Williams, please save the day and overcome all of our deficiencies. He had his worst game as a, as a, as a college athlete, his worst game dating back to high school. Everyone's allowed to have a bad game. You talked about the Heisman market with Caleb Williams. Sets up as a bounce back, right? You could have got six and a half. It's up to seven playing Utah. And the news out of Utah is that Cam Rising is not going to play. And they're going to redshirt Cam Rising and he won't play this year. I don't, do, you, do you trust USC laying a touchdown? Back home to bounce back. I bet him at the four and a half open. Couldn't get the play out in time. So that's why I money line parlayed him with Alabama. So get me the win USC. Minus 140 if you parlay those. That's up to that now. All right. It was 130 or 125 when I put it out. Um, I money line and USC money line minus 140 if you parlay the two money line prices. So... I, the turnovers last week for Caleb Williams were what did them in and Notre Dame played, played great. Uh, but the differences this week are number one, you're off the loss. Number two, you're at home. Number three, you're playing a more familiar opponent in the conference. Number four, Utah got USC twice last year, beat them by one at Utah and then smoked them in the back 12 title game. A little bit of a revenge narrative for USC I think this is a game that USC needs to win like 
28 to 20 or 24 to 17. Like, I know they win with their offense. They're going against a really good Utah defense. But if you don't turn it over like you did against Notre Dame, then Utah is not going to get it at your at their own 30-yard line and be able to score. Right. So don't turn the ball over. Utah's going to play some good defense. Throw the ball away some. Get Take shorter gains. You're going to get your explosive plays at points in time. You're just not going to score 40. You're going to score 27 or whatever. If they do that, Utah doesn't have much of an offense. Like I don't think they can keep up. They, they don't have many high-scoring games, particularly on the road. I know USC is a bad defense. I'll knock them on that all year. That's why they're, they're not. They were okay. They, that, that, that score, that score against Notre Dame is not reflective. They were oh, actually better defensively because of the turnovers. Um, USC right. doesn't have a good defense. That's why they're not going to win the Pac-12 title game. That's why they're not going to make the college football playoff. But you've been on that. Yeah. They're going to be good enough, I think, against a bad Utah offense at home. Where I mean, it's like strength on strength and weakness on weakness. But I think USC's offensive strength is a little bit greater than Utah's defensive strength when you're playing at SC. And I think I won't even, I, I don't know, the, U, the Utah offense and the USC defense are bad, but I'll, I'll give the edge to USC at home because of that offense. Are we going to see Bryson Barnes at quarterback? I yes, think so. Right. He started the last one. Yep. And even if it is Johnson, to your point, Johnson has not been good on the road uh, no. at Oregon State. Wasn't encouraging. Um, maybe an under. Maybe maybe the under. If USC has some, uh, the defense has some wind at its sails. 53 is the total. We got to move on to NFL because uh, we're running out of time here. NFL, what a shocker. A lot of injuries at this point in the year. Now that we're a third of the way through the season, quarterback mysteries. There's a lot of games here we don't even need to talk about because, like, why the hell even go touch them? Uh, yeah, like the Raiders and the Bears get out of my face. Bajant and maybe Hoyer versus Hoyer or O'Connell at quarterback in that game. Yeah, uh, we got, we got some, unders unders more than twenty or twenty games over five hundred so far. It's thirty seven and a half, but like, yep, bad defenses but worse offenses. I don't know, but again, like you said, like the, a lot of these games, they're tough to touch. You got to really be disciplined and play a couple games. We we already talked Thursday night football. That's one of mine. I might only have one side on on Sunday. Um, player props I like to trickle in because that's you know you got a guy who has a role in a certain matchup. Like you can, I, I feel like you can talk yourself into those more. I don't have any yet because they're they're just starting to come out. Um, but I've been playing more player props. I, I might only have one side on Sunday. Side, I like, I haven't bet it yet. I would prefer six. The Chargers and the Chiefs. Chargers, uh, forget what they did last week, even though it's hard to do, and they're coaching, but they always play the Chiefs tough. Last year, both games decided by a field goal. Chargers had at least a touchdown lead in both of those games last year. Kansas City goes out and gets me Cole Hardman from the Jets. He reunites. So it's clear that they have concerns outside of Travis Kelsey that they don't love their passing game. And Patrick Mahomes has yet. Rasheed Rice uh, looked pretty good. I, I will admit he looked pretty good um, in their last game against Denver, which that feels like a long time ago. That was last Thursday. Um, but, yeah, I think the, the Chargers, as annoying as they are, and as char they can charger, they're going to charger this game up for sure. Uh I like them at six. They're at five and a half. I think it's Chargers or nothing. Man. Uh, I think the Chiefs win. They've got the long week. Mahomes is so good in the division. The defense is really good. Um, And I don't like the Chargers pass defense. See, I think the Chiefs win. And if this got up to six and a half, seven, I would consider them a teaser leg. But I'm in your defense, I'm not laying the points with Kansas City. It's just a pass for me. Um, yeah, it's Chargers are tough to trust right now. But again, that's the time you want to get in on teams. I'm surprised this didn't move yep. much after Monday Night Football. It just stayed the same price with the Chargers playing bad. Justin Herbert, 5-1 and one against the spread in his career against Kansas City. 
four and one against Mahomes. I guess there was a game in there where it was Chad Henney, a quarterback, um, where Mahomes was out. Patrick Mahomes, uh, in these spots, you, you, you prefer to get Holmes, Mahomes uh, inside three. He's much better against the spread when the number is uh, inside three in his career. Uh, how about this? The, the Chargers, I, there's a note here on the Chargers. They've played 23 games. Uh, they've played 23 games since the start of last season. 18 of them have finished, have finished within seven points. It's just classic Chargers. They just can't yeah. they get in their own way in these spots. Um, so I think it's Chargers or nothing. Uh, we'll, we'll get to best bets in a moment really quick. I know you have an angle on Philadelphia and Miami. The Sunday night game is the game of the weekend in the NFL. We, we, primetime games have stunk. Uh, Monday's was pretty good. Tonight's might stink, even though you're on the Saints uh, for Thursday night, Saints-Jags. This sets up to be a really compelling game. Philly, you could have got it minus one of the half. It's to two and a half. Eagles at home against the Dolphins. Yeah, I really like Philly. Money line. I played it at 125. I'm good with it up to like 135, I think, is where it sits now, and I'm good with that. Um, reminds me a lot on the Dolphins side of like they get all this hype offensively. They keep doing great. What's their one loss? Uh, two and a half point dog at Buffalo, and Buffalo, Buffalo. smoked them. Uh, good spot for the Eagles coming off an embarrassing loss to the Jets. I expect them to look much better coming back home, primetime Sunday night. Dolphins' offensive line is is not good. They keep winning despite a poor offensive line. What do the Eagles do? They have a great pass rush. Uh, I think that's going to make things difficult on Miami. The defense for Miami, not all that great, so the Eagles should get what they want at home. I really like this spot for Eagles' money line on Sunday Night Football. Jalen Carter, will he play in this game for Philly? Yeah. He didn't play last week. He I'm is a uh, limited designation for walkthrough. That was the latest we got from Wednesday on Jalen Carter. Darius yeah, Slay, um, limited participant. They might be a little dinged up on defense. Yes. But I, I will trust them at home. I tend to agree. They've done a really nice job of hiding their deficiencies on defense. I mean, the whole chat, Jalen Ramsey was back at practice. He's not going to play this weekend, but Ramsey could be back soon for Miami. But I thought Vic, Vic, Vic Vangio coming in was supposed to change, uh, was supposed to you know kind of clean that up. And their offense is just, they're hiding a lot of things. Um, and if they can get to Tua, we saw this in New England when they played the Patriots early in the year. You get to Tua early, they still have home run capability no HM, but most are out of the backfield they still have the home run play capability with hill and waddle of course most are running the ball um but yeah i think the eagles are there by far i mean buffalo too eagles present their the biggest challenge to them uh outside of buffalo on the defensive end yep. um all right let's wrap with best bets you want to go first what do you got all right um man I'm torn between. I'm, I'll give one college, one NFL. I'm going to use Eagles money line for NFL. Um, that's my favorite bet there. So here's what I'm torn between. My my best bet would be Ohio State, Penn State under at 47, 47 and a half. But now I have to use what is it? 45. 45. Or I could use Wisconsin money line. Hmm. I think you sounded more convinced on the under, but I hear you because you said, well, you I, did say you'd bet it to 44 on yeah, Ohio State. Yeah, I do, State. and I think it's going to, uh, you know, I just hate giving it out at a worse number even when I have it put out already at a good number, but we're going we're gonna to do it because that's my favorite play. So under 45, Penn State and Ohio State and Eagles money line for best bets this weekend. Yeah, I I was I was trying to go two. I wanted to go with two to keep uh, I'm over five hundred for the year, four and three. Uh, I wanted to do two. Now I run the risk of doing two. I go under five hundred, but uh, I have to give two every really, week. I got to throw you and Samir on my back. Make sure we have a good record as a show. So just can't you just can't help yourself, can you? Um, really smelly. Hold your nose on this one. Under forty, Cleveland. Indianapolis. It's a three-point yeah. spread. Colts are home dogs. This Browns defense is so legit. Now, I know what you're thinking. Well, the Browns just put up their best defensive effort against the 49ers. They make Brock Purdy look pedestrian. Now, remember, in that fourth quarter, no McCaffrey, no Debo Samuel. 
Um, but I give that defense for three quarters was excellent. And they and they did a good job. I mean, Moody missed the field goal. I almost wish Moody hit the field goal so the Browns are more of a in a letdown spot, so they're a little bit more motivated. But I sure would see the field goal is somebody with a lot of Niners money line. Oh yeah, you bet them live too. So did I. Yeah. Oh, Not you probably live. had them in a. In a... They were the last leg of of everything. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I can't ignore how good this Browns defense is, and with the Colts, with Gardner Minshew, they're averaging twenty one and a half points per game. Their last two games, they lay they lay an egg against Jacksonville. Jacksonville lets up a bit. That's why I think the Colts were able to score and get into the twenties in that game. Mm-hmm. Browns eleven points per game without now this this a lot a lot of this relies on Deshaun Watson if he plays or not uh, which I don't even really think even it matters because I only say that if he does you're getting them all dinged up rusty like yeah and who knows maybe if you wait I think Watson's not going to play so I'd rather play okay. it now at forty okay. if he does play maybe it shoots back up to 41, 42. Um, if that's the case then I, I would like it even more to get the bigger number. Uh, but I'll play it now and give it out at 40. Colts, Browns, under. There you go. That's the best bet. Sound good to you? Okay. Sounds good to me. Great. We'll find out. You can find out from Samir and Eamon folks on your own time if they decide to bet Pittsburgh plus one. Uh, wherever Samir is, Eamon, um, good luck to you. Good luck to the Panthers. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Thanks to Johnny Avello for joining us once again this week on Unreasonable Odds. For Juliet Edlow, Brendan Glasheen, we'll join you again next week on Reasonable Odds, presented by DraftKings. Good luck, everybody. Talk to you next week. Odds and lines are subject to change. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.